is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios, recording on a Tuesday. Excited to be here. Let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Greg Biggins, 247 Sports. GB, what's good? What's good? How you, how you feeling? Yeah. A lot going on. A lot going on, yeah. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a busy, busy kind of week, busy weekend, moving into the next week. We're talking... The opening finals from Frisco, Texas. It's going to be exciting, man. A lot of really good players, a lot of elite talent going to be there, but a lot of elite talent not going to be there. We'll touch on that a little bit, but we'll be previewing the opening today for today's show and breaking it down position by position and what we think and how we feel and predict uh, what's going to happen moving forward. So excited about today's show on The Transparent Truth. Thank you all for joining us. Mr. Greg Biggins, as always, we start off the show with recruiting. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Hit us with what you got. Yeah, so hot off the presses, and obviously this will not be aired till Wednesday, but uh, Jalen McMillan, one of the top receivers, not just locally, but nationally, uh, a top 50 player in our eyes, has committed to Washington. So huge pickup for the Huskies. Uh, actually, Crystal balled him to Washington months ago, but then I was kind of getting a little bit nervous. Notre Dame was making a big push, and then he visited USC just two weeks ago, and USC had a lot of buzz for sure, but he went ahead and committed to, to Washington. He's actually there now uh, with his family, I think, for like three or four days. So it's, he's been there for a few days already, uh, did a workout, and went ahead and and committed. So biggest thing for him that he always said he liked about Washington was he said the quarterback room was important for him. Uh, he played a lot of seven-on-seven seven with FSP and Sam Heward, who's a year behind him, um, but still, uh, you know, um, a guy that he expects to be able to play with for a couple of years. Um, just felt the love from the Husky coaches, likes the receiver coaches, Junior Adams, uh, Coach Peterson, the head coach, loved the area, and uh, yeah, just all pluses. So, Washington beats out some serious heavyweights for one of the elite receivers in the country. Yeah, Jalen, big time kid, a kid with with deep speed. He can get vertical on a heartbeat. He's got tremendous stride, length, and turnover. Elite ball skills, guys. Ability to track, concentrate, body control in the air, go up, high point, contort. Um, he's got a innate ability to be creative with his body and with his length and his catch radius to make. Very difficult catches look particularly easy, really high on Jalen. He's a big-time player. He's a great kid also. Terrific smile, great personality. I think he's a really good student. He'll be a benefit to that Husky program and their uh, and their whole situation up there in Seattle. So congratulations to Jay McMillan, the McMillan family, and to the Washington Huskies for bringing in a big-time kid in that wide receiver room. Greg Biggins? Keep it rocking. Yeah, a lot of lot of commit, a lot of other commitments this week. Because you know, kind of a busy week. Uh, Clark Phillips, as expected, committed to Ohio State. We kind of previewed that one last week and said, hey, you know, when a kid commits the same weekend that he's taking an official visit to a school, bet on that school, a hundred out of a hundred times. So Phillips took his visit to uh, Ohio State uh, Friday to Sunday. He committed on Friday to Ohio State. 
uh, they had been leading ever since his unofficial visit. And then again, the biggest reason for him was just development. You know, he likes the opportunity to go in there. And he said he knows there's going to be competition, but just kind of said, hey, that's what makes you better. And their reputation for getting DBs drafted and, you know, first, second, third round every year uh, kind of sets Ohio State apart from other schools. So uh, Clark Phillips is a Buckeye. Clark Phillips, a specimen, a specimen in the defensive backfield, um, elite speed, um, elite physicality, tremendous ball skills, but a leader, um, a gentleman, a high-level student, comes from a great family. It's a great fit out there in Ohio, playing for the Buckeyes. I mean, you know, what, what else can you say? They do probably a better job over the course of the last five years of developing defensive backs. And not only developing them, they go on to big-time success um, at the next level um, in professional ranks. So Clark Phillips, uh, you know, shooting his shot in Columbus. And so congratulations to Clark, the Phillips family, and the Ohio State Buckeyes getting a big-time player. Yeah, Jeffrey Percy, talking about West Coast kids leaving. Jeffrey Percy committed to Michigan on Monday night. He just visited officially over the weekend. It kind of came down to Michigan and UCLA. Uh, Oklahoma was also involved, as was Washington. But uh, he loved Michigan academically. Uh, They have one of the top business programs in the country. And Percy was meticulous in how uh, thorough he was with his evaluation. He had spreadsheets for everything. I actually sent them to me and him. He had spreadsheets for spreadsheets. I mean, the guy was so... So thorough and uh, just great relationship with Coach Warner, the offensive line coach. Likes to just say, he said, I feel like a Midwest kind of a kid, uh, which if you know Jeff, he, he does kind of seem that way. And um, but again, academically, uh, just love their business program and is excited about going to Michigan. Jeffrey Persia, a kid who's still developing. He's got a nice ceiling, Greg. I like guys who are still developing. You don't have to come into college ready to play day one. This kid's probably going to have a red shirt year after he leaves to Ann Arbor. He's got to continue to develop in the weight room, continue to develop his technique. But you look at year two, year three, year four up in Ann Arbor, you look at this guy being a big-time contributor, playing the left tackle, playing the right tackle spot, mirroring pass rushers on the edge, punching and kick-stepping until his heart is consent. So, congratulations to Big Jeff, to the Percy family, and how about those Michigan Wolverines? What a week. Or, yeah, can I, weekend? What a weekend, that plus one, because yesterday was Monday, so what a weekend plus a Monday. They must have loaded up on about five or so commitments, Greg. Yeah, they dominated. Great weekend for them, and shoot, you know, baseball team, which wasn't even a top seed is one game away from right. winning the College World yes, Series. So yes. congrats to them for that. Also, hey, the Savage twins over at Western High School, Kane Savage and Cassius Savage, both made commitments. Uh, no package deal there. Um, Kane Savage was uh, was recruited at a little higher level. Um, he had the Pac-12 offers, and he went ahead and committed to ASU. Uh, Cassius Savage, shoot, no no harm in him at all. Uh, and his choice, he's going to San Diego State. So both these guys are, are two-way athletes. Uh, Kane put up, you know, video game numbers last year, uh, offensively and defensively. But he was going to probably go in there as a corner. And Cash also looks like he was recruited as a corner by San Diego State. So the Savage Twins from Western High School made their college choices over the weekend. Keith, yeah, like both kids. I mean, twins, yes. Ability uh, differentiation, yes. Uh, Kane Savage, an explosive athlete in space. The the ability to, to hit it and get it on the move and on the run. Dynamic playmaker, punt return, kick return, receiver, DB. He's an athlete, right? He's an athlete that can go. 
the Makashi Savage, um, not as twitchy, not as explosive as his brother Kane, but still a very good football player. San Diego State, a top 25 program nationally with a big-time head coach in Rocky Long. He'll do a great job developing Cassius, and he'll be a big-time contributor down the road for the San Diego State Aztecs. So congratulations to the Savage family, two young kids finding their college homes and you know committing. Congratulations and good luck moving forward. Yeah, um, USC landed several players. A guy that we've talked about quite a bit is uh, St. John Bosco DL, Kobe Pepe. Uh, he went to their camp. They offered him, and he committed on the spot. He didn't waste any time. That's the dream school for him. So uh, once they kind of pulled him aside after the camp was over and said, I'm committing, he said, hey, let me call my dad real quick. Got Pops on the phone. Pops was all, all on board as well. Big USC family. And, uh, you know, Kobe being Kobe, uh, you know, did the did the right thing. Waited a couple of days so he can call the other coaches before he went public, and then he went public and, and committed to USC. So, I love Kobe. Great kid. Great motor. Um, I expected him to have a, a huge season this year. Uh, then USC, again, filling up on linemen. Last year, we, uh, last week, we talked about a couple other guys. Um, this week, along with Kobe, lined two more offensive linemen. Andre has to work from Los Gatos, and then Andrew Millick from Brophy Prep. Both these guys are offensive linemen. So USC now has four offensive line commits. If you count Ben, ben Jurgens as an offensive lineman, which I'm yes. going to, no yes. matter what they're saying yes. he is. Right. Four guys already committed. Um, so USC filling up with some some... People might say, hey, these guys are three stars. What does that mean? Are, does, are we not recruiting well? I kind of like it. I kind of like that fact that these are true evaluations. And you know what? There isn't a whole lot of high-end offensive line talent out west this year. So you got to try to find those guys that you can see. That, you know, they're not ready yet. They're mm-hmm. not going to play right away. But maybe in two years from now, uh, they have a chance to play. So I think that's, the, that's, the, that's where they're going. I, I think it's a good strategy. Biggest part of evaluation is projection, right, Greg? Me and I, you and I know that as well as probably anybody um, around the country. Biggest part of evaluation is projection. Not what they are now, but what are they going to be three, four, five years down the road um, at the end of their junior year in high school, beginning of their senior year in high school? What are they going to be three, four, five years down the road? These four kids, they've got nice ceilings. Um, These are athletic kids on the edge. These are long football players. These are guys who need to continue to develop not only on the football field with their quickness and their their flexibility and their lateral movement, but they need to develop in the weight room. That's a big big part of an offensive lineman's development is in the weight room. USC doing a good job in the weight room right now in their offseason program. Hopefully that can translate onto the football field this season. But for those four offensive linemen, that will be imperative to their development moving forward because if they can build the overall strength, power, and base, because they already have the athleticism and the length, now you combine that, and now you've got really good college football players, Greg. So congratulations to those four families. And uh, USC Trojans nabbing four offensive linemen. We said and talked about how in the trenches um, they've been struggling as of late. They're trying to address that as best they can with the with, with the least amount of prospects here on the West Coast in terms of elite talent, Greg, as you talked about. And just a couple more. Another point we talked about. Um, another guy in the Trinity League is Chris Street from J. Sarah High School. Uh, running back, he took his official visit to Cal and committed to Cal over the weekend as well. So nice job by Cal. And uh, good job by Chris Street also. He actually was offered there back in January. Uh, he went to their junior day back in February. So he's been there a few times now and felt a strong comfort level. 
Um, I like Chris Street. Also, Ender Aguilar uh, from Servite committed to Cal. So, uh, Aguilar is one of those guys that we talked about a lot as far as that projection. He's never played offensive line before. He's been a tight end defensive end, but Cal has actually taken him as an offensive tackle. Uh, he's actually worked out there a lot of this summer. And, again, he's a guy who's 245, he's 250, he's a pretty good athlete, and he's not there now. But you look at the frame and you look at the, you know, how he projects in three years from now, I, I think he's got a chance to be really good. He's a guy who, again, fits that NFL draft model. And when I say that, I mean every year the NFL is drafting guys, and these guys that are drafted in the first, second, third round are, are not necessarily the four or five-star guys. They're guys you're going, wait, who's this kid? You know, these guys were 245-pound, 250-pound tight ends uh, in high school. Or, shoot, one guy was a backup quarterback in high school was drafted in the first round last year. So uh, it's, it's a different model now. It's guys that can move and are, and are athletic, and that's what Ender Aguilar is. So Cal, a couple of Trinity League guys. A lot of Trinity League action this week, but Ender Aguilar from Servite, Chris Street from Jay Sarah, both going to Cal. Aguilar, a former jumbo athlete. You talk about a guy who was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, Greg, trying to fit his body into an offensive, excuse me, a tight end prospect at the next level. He needs to allow his body to go where it was going to go, left tackle. He's got athleticism. He's got length. He's got the ability to move his feet and mirror edge rushers. Put him on the edge and let him develop. You talk about Chris Street, a dynamic running back out of the backfield as a receiver, also a runner inside the tackles, off on the edge. He's got enough speed. I've been a big fan of Street for a while now. I've been very high on him. I think he's underrated nationally and overlooked um, just in terms of his recruiting. But uh, I guarantee you he will prove um, he will prove a point at Berkeley. This is a kid who can do it all from a running back standpoint. He can catch the ball in the screen game. He can line up in the slot. He can run in, in between the tackles. He can run to the edge. Um, he's great in blitz pickup. This guy's dynamic in the open field. He can make you miss. He can break you down, run you over, or run past you. Watch out for Kirk Street down the road. Two, three, four years from now, we'll be looking back on this saying, yeah, Chris Street, that, that was the guy. GB, let's keep it moving. He was the guy. Uh, also, and this was totally unintentional, but uh, Nicholas Martinez from Servite, yet another Trinity League uh, athlete, offensive lineman, he took an official visit to Kansas, and uh, he committed to Kansas. So uh, Martinez is going to play right tackle for Servite this year. Uh, can probably play either side. Big kid. Uh, I think probably you're going to see Ender Aguilar playing on that left side. So Servite, uh, big offensive line. Uh, Martinez is probably their biggest and strongest guy. And, you know, nice pickup. Had a couple other uh, kind of smallish offers, and also he had Arizona State. So, uh, but just told me he fell in love with Kansas, immediately got a vibe immediately, said he had no interest at all in commit early, took the trip, is like, dude, this is home for me. So decided not to waste any more time and uh, committed to the Jayhawks. So a couple of Servite guys getting it done, uh, and that's it as far as commitments. But we also have, also have some big-time visitors Court Williams from St. John Bosco uh, visited Ohio State. Uh, I have some crystal ball there. Kendall Milton took his final visit to Alabama. Also looking at LSU, Georgia, and uh, Ohio State. I think Georgia has the most buzz right now. Uh, Johnny Wilson, uh, Calabasas receiver, took a visit to Texas. Peter Costelli, the quarterback from Mission Viejo, took a visit to LSU, Nebraska, and Utah. Uh, 21 quarterback Jake Garcia 
uh, from Narbonne took a visit to Miami. I currently have them as his leader. And then Darion Green-Warren, uh, he narrowed his list to six. Georgia, Michigan, USC, Nebraska, Penn State, and Michigan State. And told me uh, that right now Michigan is probably his leader. He said he just likes that defense. Uh, thinks he fits in really well there. And as of today, he said uh, that's probably uh, who's also recruiting him, recruiting him the hardest. So he's going to announce at the All-American Bowl in January. And Darion Green-Warren cuts it, cuts it down to six. So my gut with him, uh, obviously USC has a strong connection. Chris Hawkins is a grad assistant over there. Uh, Darion has Darion has played with Chris's dad, Armand Hawkins, in ground zero for the last four years, and Chris is like a big brother for him. So watch out for USC. If they win some games, USC could be tough to beat. But for now, I think Michigan is probably uh, doing the best with Mr. Green Warren. Solid, solid. Thanks so much, Greg. Man, I guess what resonates to me in all that recruiting news, Greg, is man, our, our local schools just cannot keep elite talent home. It's just... I didn't hear you mention UCLA one time when you talk about these local players, these local elite athletes. And the Bruins don't I get did. mentioned. I did mention them. They were the runner-up for Jeffrey Percy. <laughs> so kind of kind of proving your point. <laughs> kind of proving my point there. And uh, even USC. I mean, yeah, they <clears throat> got four big-time commitments from some, some offensive linemen who aren't sort of uh, highly rated, but they like them. Just in terms of the elite talent out west, Bijan Robinson is he going to end up at SC? I don't think so. You know, Darian Green Warren, he, he's probably a crystal ball there. But Johnny Wilson is he going to end up at UCLA? I don't know. It's 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 tough sledding out there. It's, it's hard out here for a California school. It's hard out here, and that 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 hurts. That that doesn't feel good. That even being a California guy. Southern California, that doesn't feel good when you just see all these elite players. Like, man, I'm I'm headed over here. I'm going over there. We well, gotta- know, I, I I didn't mention UCLA, um, but they did get a commitment over the week. Um, I didn't mention him because he was an out of the region guy. I probably should have mentioned him, but yeah. uh, they got they took a sleeper linebacker from Georgia, Keith, Kenny yes. Miles Jackson. Yes, who's kind of intriguing. Mill Creek High School is a pretty big time program in Georgia. Wasn't recruited by uh, a lot of the you know high major SEC schools out in the South. Missed part of his uh, junior year with some injuries. He went to uh, one of the opening regionals. Um, tested pretty well. A 36-6-2, 225-pound linebacker who played a lot of defensive ends, so kind of played a little bit out of position. But, you know, he's a guy who, again, UCLA is trying to project with. Um, you know, 6'2", 220, um, runs pretty well. 38, I mentioned 35 vertical jump, 4'2 shuttle. And a guy who they feel can be an inside linebacker for them. So uh, they're taking a guy who, you know, shows up pretty well on tape, but at a different position, and they want to move him. So the thing with getting a guy from a school like Georgia is always there's always that concern that if the guy does go out and blow up as a senior, now you're dealing with all the schools in the South who can potentially cherry-pick the kid. Now, he's a high-end academic guy, Um you know, his dad has some has some good genes. The guy throws track. His dad was a Harlem Globetrotter, Keith. So right. Kind of a funny backstory there. Wow. But he took a visit to, to UCLA last week. They offered him, and he committed on the spot. So uh, watch out for this kid, Miles Jackson. Not to be confused with Miles Jack. Yeah, I think they're, also, I, yeah, I think they're summoning that the whole deal. <laughs> um, Miles Jack actually came from Georgia to Washington. Um, and then obviously played, played at UCLA, but... Uh, 
if this guy blows up, hopefully for UCLA you can keep him, and then hopefully he develops it. He can be a legitimate player for them down the road. Miles Jackson, definitely summoning some Jackson. of that Miles Jack energy to be a UCLA Bruin. So, um, one thing we didn't, we haven't talked about in the past, Greg, but I do want to touch on because I have um, gotten some some communication from some listeners out there. UCLA got a new quarterback in their quarterback room, a transfer out of the University of Washington, Colson Yankoff. GB, what do you know about old Colson Yankoff? Yeah, so he was a he was a pretty big time high school kid, kind of more of an athlete than a pure thrower. Um, you know, did get invited to the Elite Eleven, uh, committed to Washington as part of a two man class there, um, and just kind of I don't want to say he got buried in the depth chart. You know, he's only been there a year, but uh, I guess he just didn't feel like that was the fit for him. You know, they brought in Jacob Eason, uh, they have Dylan Morris, and they have Sam Heward coming up. So he went ahead and got in the transfer portal, uh, looked at a few schools, and just felt UCLA was the, the, was the best fit for him. So he's obviously going to have to sit out this year. Um, but he's a good fit if, if UCLA and, and Chip Kelly wants to kind of have a, you know, maybe a, a Jeremiah Masoli type of type of quarterback. You know, he's, again, he's not a guy like a, a Wilson Spade. He was more of a pure pocket guy. He, he didn't have, you know, th- those pure passing skills right now. He's not a horrible passer, but he's, that's not his strength. He's just... The guy is just a, a rugged, tough kid who can run and compete hard. And, you know, hopefully he does develop as a thrower. Uh, that's all that's really, um, I think, preventing him from, from being a potential elite guy down the road. So, yeah, Yankoff. Uh, again, he'll, he'll sit out the year, and, and then he'll probably compete with, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson next year. There you go, UCLA fans. Mr. Colson Yankoff, a new pair of eyes and a new set of feet in that UCLA quarterback room. Thank you, Greg Beggins. That was a deep and extended version of recruiting news, but we appreciate you as always. My friend, it's time to move along. We're getting ready for our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Okay, we want to get to our Sleeper of the Week this week. Our Sleeper of the Week, Sleeper of the Week, comes from La Habra High School. Greg, you mentioned this young cat, a wide receiver. Why don't you go ahead and share what you shared with me? Yeah, I mean, here's a guy. um, Mr. Christopher Kuntz. Oh, probably should say his name. Yeah, Chris Kuntz. Uh, who's every time I've seen La Habra play, this guy is just getting deep. You know, one of those guys, and I'm looking at his stats right now, Keith, 27 catches, 721 yards. The guy averaged almost 27 yards per catch with 11 touchdowns. That's a lot of house calls. Oh, yeah. And I, and I saw it. I saw it firsthand. 
now at the Harbor, or excuse me, the Los Alamitos tournament, Orlando Standard tournament. Because every, every time I looked up, man, this guy was running past people, and he was doing it all tournament long. So here's a guy who can who can definitely run. Um, not a, not a shrimp. He's probably five eleven. Um, maybe on a good day, six feet, one seventy, pure hands, explosive route runner. Gets that out, of, gets in and out of his breaks a little bit after the. Got some ability after the catch as well. So uh, we always keep it as real as we can on the transparent truth, Keith. He's a white wide receiver, right? So yep. um, that you know, if we're just being real, that that always kind of hurts you a little bit. Um, you know, there's a stigma with, with white wide receivers. You know, possession guy, but this guy can run. Uh, I don't know if he, you know, what his track numbers are, or if he even ran track, but this guy can run. And I think there's definitely a lot of value to him. And I expect him to have a huge senior year. Clark Phillips told me that he probably won't be playing as much receiver as last year, uh, which is going to be even more touches <clears throat> for Coots. Um, I'm not sure why Clark isn't playing more receiver. That's what he told me. But that Coots is definitely going to be the go to guy. And you're looking at a, a, a player who should be, I would guess, in the 1500 yard 15 touchdown mark this year if he kind of does what we think he can do so Christopher Coates wow sleeper of the week congratulations Chris Coates sleeper of the week and the La Habra Habra High School program we've had a couple couple guys out of there and doing a nice job over there at La Habra Coach Mazzota all those guys congratulations Chris sleeper of the week man time to move along GB we're talking the opening finals. Greg, you've been with um you've been with schools, not schools, you've been with different companies, ESPN, Student Sports, Scout, Rivals, you've been over them all over the map. You've been to, I don't know, probably probably every opening, is that fair to say? You've been to every opening? It is fair to say. I was actually with student sports and that was my uh, that was it was kind of my event. I helped oversee it. Um, originally, it was a, it was called the Nike Seven On, and it was eight high school teams. And then I kept saying, "Hey, let's let's go all star format. Let's make it an all star instead of having eight high school teams with maybe three or four elite guys. Let's go 150 elite kids." So uh, one of my last years there at Student Sports, we transitioned from the Seven On uh, from high schools to what it is currently now, which is all star kids and elite players at every single position. Are you still getting a check from that? I'm not getting a check from that. You needed but, to be uh, getting a check from that. <laughs> it's all good. All good. This year, a little, little different. Uh, in the years past, um, they had kind of the Elite 11 uh, finals, they called it, separately. Yes. Whether it be at USC or mm-hmm. the last few years, it was at Redondo High School. They'd mm-hmm. have 24 kids. And they'd invite 24. Then they'd invite 12 guys. And those 12 would go to the opening finals. This year, they have 20 quarterbacks. And like they're gonna actually going to have them Mm-mm. in Frisco, Texas, two days before the other position players uh, check in. So it'll be two days of quarterback prep and workouts and training. And then I believe there's only four teams. So they're going to have all, they're going to keep all 20 kids there. And it's like they look at the roster. I think there's like four or five quarterbacks yeah. per roster. So I'm yeah. not sure how they're going to divide up playing time. If, if everybody is going to play or if it's going to be, you know, kind of like, you know, the kids are going to be told, hey, you know, here's our Elite 11, but you eight can still stick around and, and stay and be part of the event. Um, I kind of hope it's like that. I don't, you can't get into a rhythm if you've got five quarterbacks right. on a roster, right? right? So, um, 
so yeah, so that's that's a little bit different this year. And so we have a uh, we have the quarterback roster to kind of go over, and then we have so we can you know kind of rip through the other positions. Yep, absolutely. So let's start with the other positions first. We'll save the kind of quarterbacks to the end. Let's go O line first, Greg. Um, o line first. Let's talk about um, who you who you who I expect to kind of stand out. Uh, a couple guys jump out to me here uh, in the O line group, but why don't you go? I'm gonna let you go ahead and take it away first, GB. Yeah, so I'm looking at the roster right now, and they kind of have it sorted uh, by guards mm-hmm. and then by tackles, and then some guys are just listed as, oh, as wow. uh, you know, what, obviously West Coast. Let's talk, with, you know, let's talk about Miles Morale. Yep. Um, you know, saw him in Oakland, thirty pounds heavier than he was last year. He was over three hundred, and I really, you know, he, he really he just, he just cleared. So number one, I hope he goes there and he's safe and he doesn't re-injure anything. Number two. Uh, I hope the last couple of months since the event, he's been working really hard and, uh, you know, maybe dropping some of that weight. I think what makes Miles special is his feet and his athleticism, as long as his great technique. But, I mean, he is one of the more athletic tackles we're going to see. But if you add, you know, all that weight, you're going to kind of take away one of his, one of his strengths. So yeah. hopefully Miles comes out there and, number one, he's healthy, but I hope he competes really well. Jacob Mays, uh, or Cooper Mays, excuse me, is a guy who our, our staff saw in Tennessee at the Georgia event. And they fell in love with this guy. Uh, Phil, he'll be, you know, kind of one of the sleeper guys. Again, they love those shuttle runs with the quick athletic tackles. Uh, probably the biggest high-profile guy is Paris Johnson. He's a top-10 player nationally uh, from Ohio, mid to Ohio State. Still a little bit raw. He won't win every single rep, but he'll probably be the best-looking guy there. Yeah. Uh, Tate Ratledge from Georgia, uh, just a stud. And, you know, maybe if I were to go out and limb and pick an MVP – uh, Tate Ratledge is a guy who I, I think has got a chance to be really good. Uh, Donovan Jackson, uh, one of the few underclass, might, might be the only underclass O lineman. He's a junior, 2021 kid from Texas, but mm-hmm. uh, our guy said, man, he dominated the uh, the Texas event, and he got that invite. Uh, Marcus Dummerville from St. Thomas Aquinas, Florida, great mm-hmm. football program, um, great name. There's been a few other Dummervilles that have come through the pike. Uh, Donovan, uh, excuse me, uh, Jacob Majors, another kid from Prosper, Texas, who, again, our guys were raving about him at the Texas event. So pretty good overall group of offensive linemen. Uh, again, Miles being the, the lone West Coast representative, and hopefully he, uh, hopefully he does well. I think that's, that's very telling, um, that last comment you made. But lone West Coast representative. Very telling, Greg. <clears throat> we talked about the lack of elite talent um, in the trenches especially on the offensive line here on the West Coast for the 2020 class. Miles has been destined for the opening probably since eighth grade. Um, but other than he, um, we're just we're really lacking on the West Coast. I want to spot shout a couple guys. Love Marcus Dumerville from St. Thomas Aquinas. You touched on him earlier. He's an elite tackle. Um, he can play guard. He can play tackle. He's quick. He's strong. He's got really good technique. Um, he's an elite football player. And you'll like him once you see him. Look out for Akinola Ogunbiyi out of Kemper, Texas. He's the new Texas A&M commit. Love Aki. Um, he's a guard, left guard, right guard. Uh, he's strong. He's got a great base. Um, he's got terrific feed. Still improving his technique. But he's a, a guy that's going to compete to the whistle. And uh, I really like him. But you talked about it, Paris Johnson. He's an elite-looking player, right? He looks like a power forward. If you put... Um, you know, a guy like, I don't want to say Buggy Cousins, but if you put one of those, you know, impressive looking 
NBA players in a uniform. That's what Paris Johnson looks like. All of 6'7 and 290 pounds with tremendous length. He's quick. He's not polished, but he's just a great athlete who's on the edge. Um, and he's going to compete really well. So those two guys, or excuse me, three guys that I really love, who I think are going to do really well. GB, let's move on to the defensive line, my man. The defensive yeah. line. And we will take it. Uh, how about you go ahead and start that off, if you feel good okay. about it. Let me uh, let me get to the top. Looks like uh, defensive. And, I mean, Brian Brisset, uh a top five player nationally. He was at the event last year. Um, it's so intriguing with his size combo, basketball player. Guy can just throw down some highlight reel dunks. He's got the body of an Indomitian Sioux in high school. Uh, I saw Sioux quite a bit in high school. He went to like every event. Uh, he, he definitely wasn't the Indomitian Sioux um, that he was at Nebraska. He was always really, really good. Uh, developed great at Nebraska, but kind of just from a body structure standpoint, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. looks similar to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to obviously do really well. Players that went the year before, they always seem to do really well. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say I think he might, you know, get MVP. But keeping it West Coast, again, Corey Foreman, the, the lone uh, underclass men on the D lineman happens to be a SoCal guy, which no surprise. We've been talking about Corey for, for years now. So love Corey, Corona Centennial. Uh, when I saw him at the Jesse Sapalu uh, lineman challenge, he had a hand, his hand was wrapped up. He's basically playing one handed. So again, when these West coast guys go out there on a national level, I, I always feel a little protective Keith, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have the best reputation to begin with, yeah. especially when it comes to linemen. So when our linemen go out in a national competition, man, I, I always kind of feel for them. I want, I want them to represent themselves and also represent us Absolutely. out west. So I want Miles to perform well, and I want Corey to go out there and dominate and show why he was the lone 2021 D lineman that was invited out there. So, um, But overall, you know, like I said, pretty good group. Um, St. John's D.C. Trey Williams, D tackle, remember that name, mm-hmm. McKinley Jackson from Mississippi. Yep. Again, haven't seen him live yet. Our guys saw him at the camp and loved him. Uh, Georgia is loaded. Nazir Stackhouse, a guy who our guys loved out there in the South at one of the regional events. So uh, overall, maybe not the, 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 the wow names that we've seen in the past at the event outside of Versailles. Um, but overall, I think there'll be some really good one-on-one competition between the O line and O lineman and the D lineman. Yeah, a lot of game, a lot of names, elite names, not on this list. They, they didn't go to an opening region or they chose not to participate. But you talked about Brezzy. Um, I'm on board, or I'm not. I'm not on board. I'm not. On, let me let me step back. I'm not on board. Um, I'm not. I don't even think I'm going out on a limb. But I don't know if anybody said this. This kid will be the number one overall pick one day in the draft. Just remember I said that. And I don't know if that's going out on a limb or not. He's, you know, number one, two or three player in the nation. But I'm telling you now, he will be the number one overall pick. He's that special. His blend of size, power, and athleticism is supremely rare. Not just on the high school level, on the college level, Greg. On the college level, it's rare. Um, he's got special traits. J.J. Uh, Watt and Damakin Sue. Um, he's this kid is special, special. So Brian Brezzi, um, he's going to do a great job. Look out for Vernon Broton. He's a six foot six, two hundred eighty five pound combo. 
end tackle. Me, I, I like him as a five technique. Uh, but of course, they don't have that in this type of setting. He'll be a seven tech. He'll be a three tech in this type of seven. So, in this type of setting. So, but watch out for Vernon Broden. He's a really good football player. He's extremely long. He's a former basketball player. Very athletic. Uh, he's got tremendous quickness off the edge. He's got very good hand work. He's a he's a, he's a little bit more polished than you would expect a guy kind of coming from the basketball background. Look out for two more guys. Demonte Capehart from South Carolina. Clemson commit. Absolute stud, Greg. 6'4", 295 pounds. Explosive first step. Strong as an ox. Uh, and just plays with a unbelievable edge in the interior. And last but not least, the top player in Louisiana, Jaqueline Roy. Love this kid since last year when I seen them win the state championship. Jaqueline, um, he can play inside over the one. He can play the three. He can play a head up zero. He's got that type of ability. He can stack and shed. He can beat you with quickness, finesse, power. He's that good of a football player, number one player in Louisiana. So, Jaqueline Roy, DeMonte Capehart from South Carolina, and then Brian Brazé um, from Damascus, Maryland. Those are those are the guys I expect to show up and show out. Let's move along. Take it to the linebackers. Linebackers, okay. I'm going to my linebacker list right now. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you don't have a guy here. I'm just sure of it. Let me let me start this one off. Court Williams. Court Williams. I'm yes. going with okay, so is that your your pick the click? Yeah, it is. I'm I'm picking Court Williams for linebacker MVP. I'm gonna tell you why. Love it. Court Williams. They can cover. There you go. Court Williams is adept at covering in space, playing in space because he plays more of a hybrid or a nickel or a strong safety for St. John Bosco. So now, and, and I've been calling for Court to be a play linebacker forever. And I know I'm probably not the only guy, but I know I've been calling for it. Um, now, in this type of setting, his strengths, which are his footwork, his quickness, his uh, lateral ability and his agility, his speed, those all become heightened at this type of all-star event. And it puts him in a position to be very, very successful. Court Williams, I'm calling as my linebacker MVP. SoCal guy, yes, but I think he embodies all the traits of a new age linebacker. At 6'1", 210 pounds, with length, athleticism, physicality, and, and tremendous coordination and balance in space. Court Williams, I think, performs well in all the drills. I think he's going to test off the charts, and then I, I think he's going to uh, really make a lot of big time plays um, in the 707 portion. So, that, that I'm, I'm sticking right there. Love, and go ahead. I'm gonna leave some guys for you. Go, Greg. So I'm looking for a guy who is gonna be my pick to click, but I don't see him on the roster. I know he was invited. Who you got? Mikhail Sherman. He is not on the list. He was invited. Maybe he's not coming. He worked out last year. I want you know what he's. He's coming off an injury, right? I know he's had some injuries, so I wonder if they just kind of wanted him to shut it down. Yeah, he's coming off of an ACL, so. Um, but he still went to the regional and worked out. So um, let's scratch him. Unfortunately, okay. that was going to probably be my pick. I love your court Williams for the specific reason you said. It's a seven-on-seven event, so he's got a, he's got a huge advantage being a natural cover 
guy. Justin Floyd is going to do well. Got to talk about him. Um, you know, he went last year again, a little banged up, and <clears throat> didn't finish the didn't finish the week. But uh, you know, he'll he'll do really well. And um, you know, the cat and mouse stuff. He'll do great in the pass rush, and and he actually has a lot of experience doing seven on seven. So um, I expect Flo to do well. I think the guy that's most intriguing for me is is going to be Noah Sewell. Mm-hmm. I think there's never been a guy with his kind of size and athleticism at this camp ever. I mean, he's 270, and he's going to be bigger than probably half the D linemen. And yet he'll have the athleticism of the some of the best linebackers as well. So Noah is so intriguing for me as a prospect. I'm so interested, interested in his projection three years from now. Does he stay at linebacker? Come Does he on, go Greg. to three tech? Come on, Greg. I mean, obviously the, the natural inclination is to say, no, he's gonna move the defensive line. But when when people see him at this event this week, they're gonna see him as athletic as at least half the linebackers in the event. That's what he wants to play. And the dog wants to play. I don't right know, now. man. I, I'm just if if you're a college and you're an Alabama or a Tennessee or, you know, all these schools are recruiting him right now as an inside linebacker. I, I'm, I'm just intrigued by him. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, my, my, my inclination as a guy who wants to project, I'm saying, dude, Aaron Donald, go put your hand down, right? That's what you want to do with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he'll show that he can't play linebacker. Is it his best position? Probably not. But, I mean, I said the same thing about, you know, Jack Geary, Michael Martinez. Is tied in your best position? Probably not, but let's just see how he does. Yeah. He's really intriguing for me, though, Keith. Yeah, no, I, I anticipate he'll do well. I mean, the kid's a great athlete. You, he is the definition of a jumbo athlete, right? He tests off the charts, um, but it, you know what? I like my linebackers to look a certain way. I like my linebackers lean, mean, with a six-pack, right? Guys that can get it and go right now all day long. A guy like Noah Sewell, he's, he's, what is he, 16 years old? He's 270? What is he at 21? You tell me he's going to be 275? No way. No way, right? So um, I'm intrigued as well. How's he going to do against versus these elite athletes? I think he's going to do good. I mean, he's a, he's a freak. Noah Sewell is a freak of an athlete. It doesn't even make sense what he can do at that size. With all that being said, though, my projection is go play three techniques, uh. Go be 290 where your body wants to go and go be a three technique and turn into Aaron Donald. They get way more money than linebackers anyway. So, um, your choice. Let's move along. <laughs> Any other linebackers that stand out for you on this list, Keith? You know what? Uh, Derek Wingo. I like to kid Derek okay. Wingo out of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. He was formerly committed to Penn State. Uh, just flipped to the University of Florida. Uh, but I know Derek Wingo. He's athletic. Um, he's really good on the edge. Uh, coming off the edge I know that won't be a big part of what he does um, at the opening but I just like him as a football player he's a really good football player um, and I think you know watch out for Quadarius Robinson the kid out of Alabama like him a lot too Quadarius Robinson great uh, he's about 6'4 220 and he's he's you know essentially a cookie cutter of what the Alabama edge players look like uh, for the University of Alabama year in and year out right Cookie cutter, athletic, long, aggressive, lean, um, playmaker. 
and just a guy who plays with, with a with a hyper motor, hyper motor. So look out for him. He could be dangerous. I would have liked to have seen though, Greg Noah Sewell on the defensive line at this at this camp. If you're gonna move Court Williams to linebacker for this deal, I think Noah Sewell belongs in the defensive line group. That's just my that's my thought process. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think that's a little bit of a of an apples oranges type deal because Court does play a lot of linebacker in Bosco's scheme, and I think he'll play even more next year. Whereas Noah plays zero D lineman for high school; he plays okay. all linebacker. Okay, you know what I'm saying okay. So, but uh, no, I, I mentioned you mentioned Robinson, love him, and then also uh, Philip Webb, um, a guy who's you know freaky athletic with a you know 225 pound frame. And guess what? He's a Clemson lean. Like, I ha- dude, you mentioned Brian Bassey, first overall pick. I, I don't think you mentioned it, but he's a Clemson guy. Yeah. Um, Clemson is putting together a freaky class, and half their guys are going to be at this event. So it should be a lot of fun to see them. No question. Let's move to the Next running position. backs. Running backs? Running backs. Very good. Uh, so the running back group got? is pretty loaded. It's pretty loaded. Demarcus, it's very loaded. Demarcus Bowman. Um, I. I like Demarcus Bowman. I don't love. Him. I'm not in love with him. I don't love him, um, but I really like him. Don Chaney Jr. I got another guy I really like. Zachary Evans. I love him. He's special for me. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd. I really like him. Um, Jace McClellan. I really like him. Kendall Milton. I think he's special. So um, Jalen Knighton is a kid that I don't know much about. I've seen him kind of, you know, just sporadically, sporadically. But um, I'm anxious to see him. But it, this is a loaded running back group. If, if there was a better running back class at the opening, I'd like to see it. This is a loaded group, Greg. I mean, you've been to every opening. The, yeah. This running this back group can – yeah, they, they can compare to anybody. And I haven't even seen every opening running back class. But this is – these are elite players. And these are a bunch of first and second round picks. I think literally they have every one of our top – Seven, eight running backs, with the exception of Bijan Robinson, who I, I really like a lot. Um, he went to a regional last year, couldn't make it this year, and I was like, hey, because in years past, if you went to one the previous year, they give you a wild card. Talking to those guys, like, dude, we love Bijan, but this year's running back class is just so dang deep. Oh like, man, we didn't know where to cut. I mean, like literally, um, you know, Evans, Bowman, Milton, McClellan, Cheney, Lloyd. Those are like one through seven on our board and they're all uh they're all there so it's gonna be it's gonna be a great event obviously running back wise it's, it's not a great event for them you know they do a cat mouse drill but that only helps if you're little little water bug guys and they do seven on seven but you know the quarterbacks you know they don't want to throw the running back right they want to show off the arm so running backs unless you're you know happen to be like joe mixon um his year he was phenomenal at this event usually it's the receivers that are kind of standing out so hopefully the running backs get some love but uh you know like with the linebackers not the best showcase environment for them but it's still going to be fun to just to watch those guys test and, and run around a little bit and, and show off some athleticism yeah no question about it um, I mean I'm anxious to see some guys you know I, I'm a little I think I kind of disagree with you a little bit <clears throat> just in terms of this type of event for a running back for a linebacker is it, kind of eh. but for a running back I think there's a lot of value given to where the game is and where it's going look at the best running backs in the league Right, you're talking about Todd Gurley. How many balls does he catch per year? You're talking about a guy like Saquon Barkley, 75 catch guy. You talk about a guy like uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, 
I mean, yards from scrimmage guy almost every year is the leader. Catching the ball out the backfield, I know you talked about quarterbacks not wanting to make that throw, but the running backs provide a lot of value for the underneath throw that can catch it, make a guy miss, or outrun a guy to the edge. So I think there's a lot of value for running backs here. And just for me, moving forward, I remember Najee Harris was special in this way. He could catch the ball at the backfield. So was Stephen Carter. They could catch the ball at the backfield um, and really be dangerous. At the next level and then, and then the next next level, that it's imperative. It's almost mandatory, right? You want to be a three-down back, you got to be a guy that can catch the peel, make a guy miss, or outrun an angle. So I love watching these running backs in these settings because, you know, the defenders, they're going to try to take away the deep throws. They're going to try to take away those those mid-level throws. Those backs provide a lot of um, safe but valuable yardage to move the change and so on and so forth. So looking forward to see. I'm telling you, Marshawn Lloyd, he's dynamic in space. I'm anxious to see Zach Evans in space. He's a, a bigger guy. He's more relies on speed and power. But I want to see he and Kendall Milton catch the ball, and can they make a guy miss? I know you can run a guy over, but can you make a guy miss? Because running back life shelf is short, Greg, when you're trying to run everybody over. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, 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 no, and again, I think we're kind of arguing different things, a little, little apples and oranges thing. I, was, I wasn't denying how important the running back position is. I would say at this particular event, they don't really get to showcase themselves. Leonard Fournette, you know, who was like the number one running back in his class, did nothing at this event. Derrick Henry, uh, who was a first round, second round pick, whatever, Heisman Trophy, did nothing at this event. Even even Najee, who, you know, was phenomenal as a pass catcher, you know, was a little bit quiet. Joe Mixon is one of the one of the few guys, so um, definitely wasn't trying to say, you know, running back position out of the backfield isn't crucial. It is. It's just if you're a quarterback and you're being judged on, on touchdowns and you know the guys are watching looking out for your arm strength, your downfield accuracy, you know, you don't want to dump off the ball. You know, Todd Gurley gets a lot of dump offs when there's a pass rush coming or some or some screens, but in this kind of a seven on seven event, um, the running backs just don't get to really showcase what they can do except the cat and mouse drill. And even that cat and mouse drill, Keith, is kinda of more for the little jitterbug sure. guys. All looking purpose at this guys. year's group. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like this year's jitterbug group, um, you know, like a Bowman is probably the, the most jitter buggy. And he's like 195. You know, everyone else is over 200 pounds. McClellan's over two. Evans is two. Milton's over two. Um, it, so, yeah, I, I hope he's running back. I'm, I'm going to watch him for sure. But I just, uh, yeah, I'm expecting the ball to be thrown down the field. Like, it used, like, you know, it has been every other year that I've seen this event. I think it begs the question. I want to move along, but it begs the question: Do we need an event where these running backs get a chance to showcase themselves? Yeah, because I mean, I, I think if you do seven on seven, you have to include the running back. You know, just like you have to include linebackers. It's just I just think there's there's you just have to be careful and taking too much from what you see in this event. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen I've seen some scouts or or you know air, air quote evaluators walk away from a bet like this and downgrade a linebacker or a running back based on how they did it. And I'm going, hey, you can't do that because running back, linebacker, like physicality different and, and game. Like pop different is, game. is yeah. what you see. in Yeah, I'd say more than any other position, um, running back, linebackers are probably affected the most in terms of showing, up, showing what they can really do at, at this type of event. So I still think there's value in evaluating them, but I, I'm not going to drop a guy because maybe he doesn't, you know, shine at this type of type of you know structure sure okay let's move along and i agree with you let's move along 
the tight end position. The tight end position. Um, I, first of all, I don't like the whole four-team deal. I wish there were more teams. I wish there was less quarterbacks on the team, but whatever. Let's move along. So there's four tight ends, um, but really good tight ends. And I think the number one tight end position in the country uh, is probably up for grabs this coming week at the opening, Greg. I think it is, for just my personal perspective. I think people have labeled Darnell Washington the number one tight end and so it's, it's far and away is Darnell Washington. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think he's really good. He's 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 I think he's special. He's got or I think he's got special gifts. But I'm, let me tell you right now, Theo Johnson, the kid out of Canada, he's ridiculous. But look out for Eric Gilbert out of Georgia, a specimen, an elite receiving tight end. Elite. Probably the best receiving tight end I've seen in a, in a few years. This dude is elite. So um, I don't think it's a it's a it's it's a uh, cut, clear cut and stone deal with Darnell Washington. We love him. He's six seven. He's got tremendous. You know uh, his catch radius is like out of this world. And you know he's a three time state champ in, in in several different sports. And he's got all that. Um, but I'm telling you, Theo Johnson from Canada, Eric Gilbert from Georgia. What do you know about those guys, UB? Yeah, so I, I know a lot about Eric Gilbert. He's been a, a topic of conversation quite a bit in our little recruiting calls. And I think most of us kind of feel like tight end is probably not his best position in terms of long-term upside. Okay. You know, here's a guy who at the uh, opening regional measure out at like 6'6 and 250. Eric and Gilbert did? He's that big? He was that big. Wow. And so. A lot of times we, we talk about, you know, moving these guys to offensive line. But, Keith, they were saying, like, defensive end, he has, like, top 10 overall draft. I mean, he is freaky on defense. Okay, so, so I haven't seen him on defense. Okay. Yeah, the kid loves loves tight end, doesn't want to move it, wants to stick there, believes in tight end, tell him to recruit him for tight end. But for me, as a defensive lineman, defensive end, I think that's where his upside is the highest. I don't like the four tight ends either. Um, but – you know what? I, I'm pretty confident it's a budget cut deal, and you can only you know you can only do so much yeah. with what you got. So, sure. um, yet four tight ends. I would have loved to have seen you know DJ Rogers. I think he was probably the fifth guy uh, out of Washington. So I like Darnell a lot. Been watching for a couple of years now. I think you know he, again he plays so much seven on seven. So I expect him to do really well. And then you mentioned Theo Johnson. Yeah, I think he's kind of built to do well here. Yeah. Um, you know, big, strong kid, mm-hmm. natural pass catcher. Tremendous uh, athlete. Took a, yeah. yeah, athletic. I love the fact that they took a kid from Ontario, Canada, you know. Yes. Give some, uh, give some love out there. So, yeah, all four guys are all really, really good. And all should do really – I mean, the tight end position, man, that guy is always open. Because linebackers you typically don't cover at the high school level. You're not asking those guys to cover that much. You're either asking them to stuff the run or rush the passer. So, tight ends – at this event, some of the best performances I've ever seen have been by tight ends. Right. Because no one can, those guys are always open. Agreed. The kid out of Georgia, <clears throat> who went to Georgia, I'm missing his name, Nada. I remember he tore it up a few years ago. He had one of the better tight end oh. performances I remember. Oh, O.J. Howard. He's yeah. probably a top five yeah. overall for, for any position for me. O.J. Howard was probably the, the single best, most dominant I've ever seen by by a receiver slash tight end mm. the year he came out. He was going he was going 75, 80 yards every game. He was unreal. Yeah, he's still unreal. So, yeah, I think that uh, that projects. 
So let's move along to the receiver group. Um, some guys missing here that I wish were there. Guys like Raheem Jarrett, um, who won't be there, who's an elite receiver. But uh, good group here. Let's talk a little bit about it. Let's start on the West Coast. You got Gary Bryant Jr., a mainstay out at Corona Centennial, an elite combo receiver, can play outside, can play inside, can play one of the three on a three-by-one set. He's an elite off-the-ball guy, uh, a tremendous route runner. He's best probably out of his breaks. His ability to take two steps and get out of his break and explode back to the ball and catch it with his hands and then turn into a running back. Um, that's what makes him big time. I think Jermaine Burton out of Calabasas, we've talked about Jermaine a ton here. Um, his combination of size, speed, mentality, and strength with his, along with his ball skills makes him an elite option regardless of who's covering him. A um, couple guys that, hey, Greg, I'm just noticing Rakeem Jarrett is on the roster here. How'd that I happen? heard that he, he tweeted out he wasn't going to do it. And then I heard that he changed his mind. So we'll see if he shows up or not. Okay. Okay. A um, couple other guys. I've been outspoken, Greg, and most people know this. If they don't know, I've been outspoken that DeMond Demas is the best receiver in the country. I've said that since December of 2018. This guy is a freak of nature. I knew this. People are now starting to realize this. He is He's out of this world. He's like not of this world. He can do things that nobody else can do. He will get a chance to show he's the best receiver in the country. Now, the best, the number one receiver on most people's boards um, is Julian Fleming. And Julian Fleming is a fantastic talent. 6'3", so we're 6'2 and a half. Um, he's strong. He's a 10, 800 meter guy. He can run. Um, he's a really good route runner. But Demond Demas is he's different. He's different, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, one more, let me think. One more guy I want to talk about, maybe two, and I'll let you take the rest because there's some guys I want to leave for you. Watch out for Decal Crowdis, Greg, out of Kentucky. Man, this kid is—he's the definition of explosive. You talk about a guy with with um, Deshaun Jackson type speed. Heading down the field. That's what I'm talking about. He can not take the top off. He can take the roof off. DKL Crowder's out of Kentucky. Love him. Um, and then last but not least, uh, really like Coy Moore. Coy Moore out of Louisiana. He doesn't get a ton of pub, but he's a he's a legit um, wide receiver. He can make acrobatic catches, and um, I just love his ability to make plays on the football, regardless of. He's being contested or not. He can go up and over guys and 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 finish. And I love players like that. Greg, go. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think the Fleming Demas debate is a really good one. Um, we have one two. Uh, Demas definitely had the best workout out of out of the regionals. He was freakish. His basketball highlights are insane. If you haven't seen him, he's doing like dunks that you don't see in the uh, in the NBA slam dunk contest. Right. They're different guys, right? Demas is a little more finesse. Fleming's like 200 pounds and super strong. And, yeah. you know, some of his huddle videos is, is him like squatting and benching. Uh, Demas is the, is the higher athletic kid. Uh, I, I'm excited for our West Coast guys. I'm excited for Gary Bryant, mm-hmm. G. Scott, um, you know, big Johnny Wilson. I think Johnny's one of those guys that everyone's going to be watching closely to see if is this guy really a receiver. 
Or does he need to be moved to tight end because he's 6'6 and 220? Uh, Jermaine Barton was there last year, so he should come out and do really, really well. So uh, top to bottom, especially if Rakeem Jarrett comes out, really good group. Yeah, Biggest snub for me was Jalen McMillan. Um, I'm disappointed that he didn't make it out there. I thought he deserved it. He uh, went to the regional with a little bit of a hit pointer flexor issue uh, because of track where he just ran like a 10, 700 meters, which is pretty fast. And great tape, huge production, and he didn't get the invite. So that was disappointing for me. But other than that, I think it's a really, really solid group of receivers. Yeah, I mean, he's. if you look at this group, you say, who's missing? In terms of elite players, Jalen McMillan is that guy. Um, and for me, and, and you know, people might have an issue with this, but I don't care. For me, Jalen McMillan is a higher projection than G. Scott. G. Scott is is six two. He's gonna run four seven. That's just who he is, right? He's a ball skills guy. He's a strong kid. He's gonna be able to push around and muscle, you know, and go over the top of guys at this level. Jalen McMillan is the better athlete, longer athlete, more dynamic athlete. Um, I don't know how much better G. Scott Jr. will get, but he's got a a lower ceiling, much lower ceiling for me than Jalen McMillan. So, um, and that's not a shot at G. He's just done a, they've done a great job of developing him, but I don't know how much more development there is for G. He's already a really good route runner. He ain't going to get much bigger. He ain't going to get much faster. Um, I just think he kind of is who he is. Look out for Parker Washington, Greg, out of Fort Bend, Travis. Dynamic slot receiver, right? Great hands, terrific quickness, um, and just a guy who's always playing with a chip on his shoulder. I want to mention him. Um, But I'm anxious to see Leonard Manuel out of Florida. I've never seen him in person. I'm anxious to see him. Also, Keandre Lambert out of Maury High School in Norfolk, Virginia. Watch out for Keandre. He can go. He can go. Um, He can run routes. Um, He's a guy that can get vertical. He can warm up your neck on a jump ball. So, there's a good group of receivers. But a lot of guys... You know, like Betts, Bell, Baker. Um, I've seen Xavion Caper, but the other three kind of Bs that I that I mentioned, I haven't really seen much of. Andredge, is that the kid from uh, the yes, the kid from Iowa? Didn't he win the the deal, Greg? Is that what he did? He won the deal, the the the, the like the testing. Yes, is that him? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even sure. I believe that's sure, him. Yeah. I believe yeah. it is. So. Uh, also, Marcus Roseme, really love him. Aquinas, they feel like they got a guy at every position. I yeah, promise you. Yeah. But, but Marcus Roseme can go. He's the Georgia commit. Um, he's an elite receiver. So uh, I, I like what you said about Johnny Wilson. For me, Johnny Wilson's a receiver. I know he's 6'6, 220, but the projection is, you know, hey, Johnny Wilson's only going to get bigger, he ain't going to get smaller. Right, so at some point he's going to be two thirty-five, and it's okay for Johnny to move inside or be a mismatch red zone guy. It's okay to be that guy um, and and show that versatility and be comfortable in that size. So, you, you know, is Johnny Wilson going to be two forty, Greg? You tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, typically, like you said, kids don't go to college to get smaller. No, you know, unless, you're, unless you're like a you know. You're a big old lineman. You right. can kind of cut some weight. But if right. you're a skill guy, Doesn't you typically are going to add. Yep. Right? You're going to add. And when you add weight, a lot of times you, you lose a little bit of that burst as well. So when you add weight to a guy like Johnny and lose a little bit of a burst, what do you become? 
maybe a little bit more of a tight end. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we're, again, we're seeing tight ends, multiple tight ends, go in the first round of the draft. So yeah. um, man, embrace it. And like I said, our, our guy Charles Power here, who's our analytics guy, did a story on the list, this past year's NFL draft. And I think going in the first four rounds, the profile of every tight end just took the averages at their height, weight, and, and whatnot. They were like average, like weight was like 215 in high school. So again, it's all about projection and how you get, you know, how you uh, how you're going to grow and develop physically three to four years from now. Yep. Let's move along. Defensive backs, Greg, um, and then we have some athletes, and we'll kind of wrap this baby up. So defensive backs, um, why don't you go ahead and start that off? Defensive backs, all the way up at the top. Yeah, I mean, obviously the disappointing thing is, is Keely Ringo. Everyone was talking about Ricks and Ringo. You know, I know, I know. You know, Clark Phillips was in the discussion with, with us last week, but Ricks and Ringo, the two guys that everyone is talking about, and it would have been great to see those two guys in the same setting. Um, you know, unfortunately, Ringo will not be there. Ricks will be there. Uh, Ricks, or uh, Ringo's at the Rivals deal. I don't believe Ricks is there. So these two guys are kind of like, like almost miss each other. Right. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm curious about Elias. You know, he was. I, I think he's the number one corner, but I just. I just think he might be a little bit a little bit rusty. Uh, say which one about seven on seven, and it's overdone, and too many tournaments and too many events. But I think one thing it, it can do is is keep the sharp and allow you to practice one on ones. You know, I think Elias only did one tournament the whole offseason. He's been doing nothing but personal training. So let's let's see if, if all that personal training is going to help. But when it comes to you know one on ones at this event. You know, he'll do fine the seven on seven portion of it, but the the Nike camp portion of it, the one day where they go one on ones all over the field. Hopefully, Elias is is ready to go. So, um, thoughts on that, Keith? Yeah, I think I think we have to. I mean, if Elias was my son, I wouldn't be very concerned. We have to keep things in perspective. Are we here to perform at the opening, or are we here to perform when we get to LSU? Right. So, I think um, perspective is key. If he goes to the opening and doesn't do as great as he would probably hope, we know he hasn't been doing a bunch of one-on-one stuff, and we know he's been training, and um, you know he hasn't been to a bunch of tournaments, and you know he just hasn't had the overall reps this offseason to even go out there and actually go and dominate like I know he would want to. So I'm not expecting him to. I'm expecting him to win battles, but I'm expecting him to lose some battles, um, which I think is fair. And uh, but I think perspective is key. So, you know, we'll see how that works out. Let's talk about another West Coast guy. We're talking about Clark Phillips the third, um, headed to the opening. How do you think Clark's going to do, Greg? I think Clark will do great. Um, in fact, I would not be shocked if Clark is is uh, MVP of the DB. Because, I mean, he, number one, he's been working like crazy. And just to piggyback, I agree with what you said about Elias. I believe that the family made the right choice and kind of shut him down from seven on seven and doing the personal training. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're we're for, for our perspective right now, we're talking about who's going to do the best yeah. at this event. So, um, but Clark's been doing the training and he's been doing all kinds of seven <laughs> on seven. So he's sharp. He's got zero rust on him. He's extremely hungry. He's got a chip on his shoulder every single event that he's going to compete at. So. I think Clark's going to do well. He's going to he's going to be up there, man. Uh, you know, Fred Davis, Clemson commit, is going to be at the events. Um, Dylan Jones, Texas A and M commit, uh, he's supposed to be out there. I don't do I see him on the roster? Let me look real quick before I spot up. Jalen Jones is at the event, so yes, that is a the, that's the A and M commit. A and M commit. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes. Um, so Jalen Kimber. Uh, out of Texas, will be at this event. Isaiah Johnson from West Virginia, big-time yeah. player, will be at the event. So, I mean, a lot of 
a lot of quality dudes. Jordan Moran, I think he just committed to Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, obviously, I always want to preface this when I talk about some of these guys. There's going to be some safeties at the event. And, and for them, it's probably the toughest position because they're asking these safeties to cover in a lot of ways, doing the one-on-one portion of it. So like a Lathan Ransom, uh, love him as a prospect, but just, you know, give the guy some, cut the guy some slack who don't do a lot of coverage. Now, R.J. Mickens was taken as a safety, but he actually plays a lot of corners. I think R.J., whose dad, uh, Ray, is one of the coaches at the event. So I I think, you know, R.J. Mickens, son of Ray, will do really well. Uh, So overall, disappointed, no Ringo, but still a pretty solid group of guys. I think this is Clark Phillips' opportunity to stake claim to the number one cornerback position in the country. We love Ricks. We know that he's going to have some some trouble there just because of the rust. Um, We know Ringo. He's not going to make it. He's only going to rivals. I think this is the window of opportunity. Might be a small window, but I think a window of opportunity for Clark Phillips to go out there and stand tall and stake claim to that number one position um, in his mind and in, in minds of others. So um, I like that group. Darion Green Warren. I'm 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 curious to see how Darion Green Warren looks. This is uh, an event that I don't think uh, bodes well for his skill set, right? Darion is a guy who thrives on, you know, being smarter than the other player, reading routes, um, basing it on coverage call, basing it on pressure on a quarterback. Um, this is this is a platform to where um, if you are lacking in a certain area, you can be exposed. You can be. Um, hopefully, Darion is prepared and is ready. Uh, defensive backs coach Brown. Um, hopefully, he's got him ready. I hope he goes out there and does well, but I think it's going to be a big challenge for Darion. Big challenge. These are going to be elite athletes on the outside. That's going to be tough for him. Darion, Darion is not an elite athlete. And when you're not an elite athlete going against elite athletes, it can be challenging. But Darion is very smart. He understands leverage. He understands timing. He he, he has great eyes. He's got to use that to put himself in position to defend certain routes, certain throws, certain angles. Does that that make sense to you, Greg? No, I I agree with you. I do think one thing that's going to help Darion, number one, um, you know, I think he's going to do, I think he'll do pretty well. I think he's not an elite athlete, but I do think he's an elite cover guy. You mentioned he's so smart. He's extremely instinctive. And at these showcase events, he always performs well. At the Future 50 last year, he was the DB MVP. I think one thing that's going to help Darion is in years past, when it was at the uh, Nike campus, it was a 100-yard field. Um, This is, like like it was last year, it's going to be a half a field. Excuse me. At least until the final, I believe, right? Right. Um, so, they, kids can't, I'm trying to think that there's an outside field and an indoor field, but when they're going, you know, half field each, right. you know, you're only having to cover 20 yards. So, you don't have to worry about guys running past you. Now, I think when they went outside, and again, I'm trying to remember, I think that was, it was obviously a larger field, but was it 100 yards last I, year? Keith, I, an outdoor no, field was no. like, like 60. Yeah, it was, it was shorter than 100. I do, I do remember small. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I've already, I've already had my talks with Darion. 
Darion's a competitive kid, as competitive as anybody. He, sure. He's Clark Phillips level competitive. And I said, dude, look, I know you're pissed about your ranking. I need you to do this. I need you to. I need you to train. I need you to lean out a little bit. You got to come in with a plus thirty something vertical jump. We can't have the twenty nine vertical jump. We got you. Got to come in, just not just looking more athletic, but we, we, I need I need to get your testing numbers up, and I need you to perform because I think he'll do fine in, in the seven on seven portion of it. But just from an athletic standpoint, you know he needs to improve, and, and he's been told that, and I've told him and his pops that. So hopefully. He kind of took that to heart. He's been working hard uh, for the last couple of months, just trying to become, you know, uh, just a better athlete, a better athlete overall. Yep. Yep. So, is your, your chance? Go out there and prove it? it. Yeah. You yeah. know, go out there and prove it. Uh, really quick, the safeties. Um, Jordan Moran, you said, you know, committed to Michigan. It's going to be interesting to see him. Also, you said Latham Ransom, Keyshawn Lawrence. Got a good group of safeties here that I think uh, are going to go out and play well. In terms of athletes, you got Chris Tyree, the Notre Dame commit, Drew Sanders, the Alabama commit, um, Isaac Jernigan from um, from from Bakersfield, who's now at I believe Santa Margarita. Is that correct? That is correct. And then you have you know, Sam Adams about Washington. So those guys should be able to plug and play and be effective for their squads and also in one-on-one competition. So um, that's about it, Greg. Any final thoughts on the, kind of the opening, going in, West Coast players, MVP, go? Yeah, I, I would say Drew Sanders. Watch for him. He's he's an elite, elite athlete on both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know if he's going to play tight end or, or linebacker, but – Drew Sanders is a guy who, who we absolutely love. Uh, and I like Sam Adams a lot as, as that athlete category. He can play running back, receiver, or safety. Um, hey, before we sign out, Keith, let's, let's talk quarterbacks. We almost forgot about those guys, right? It's on a separate little link here. So you want to rip through the quarterbacks real quick before we, before we sign off out of here? Yep, absolutely. Let's rip through. Why don't you go ahead and start it off? Yeah, so no DJ. Um, he wanted to spend more time with, with Bosco. He said he was going to miss four practices in a tournament. He's already missed a lot. So DJ's sitting out. So uh, the top-rated quarterback out here is going to be a guy we talk about all the time, Bryce Young. Bryce does a lot of seven-on-seven. Seven. He's a winner. He's a gamer. Um, and I expect Bryce to go out there and, you know, perform the way he, he always does. Uh, looking at the list right now, um, who else jumps out for me? <laughs> I like, uh, uh, let's see, Haynes King for me is, is freakish. This guy is going to test probably in the top 15, the top 20 overall, not just quarterbacks. He's a multi-sport athlete. He's a track guy. He is a state champion quarterback, put up ungodly numbers. He can run it. He can throw it. Um, you know, he's knocking on the door uh, with Bryce and DJ. I mean, Haynes King, I mean, people are talking about him as maybe one of the best guys to come out of Texas and kind of put him in the same category as like a Kyle Murray or a Mahomes. They, they feel he's that good so well, wait, they, uh, they, they didn't feel Kyler Murray I mean they didn't feel Mahomes was that good coming out of high school but okay our Texas guy did oh really our Texas guy did yeah Gabe Brooks he's the one guy who kept trying to try to sell him and no one just kind of no one listened because he didn't have you <laughs> no know the crazy listened. production he's like going dude like this guy is freakish no. so yeah that, okay. that's sometimes it's better to trust the regional guys that see these guys on a daily basis sure. than some of the some of the national guys so yeah. Um, Drew Pine is intriguing. 
Um, my sleeper is, you know, I, I think C.J. Stroud has a chance to be good. I liked him at the regional a lot. Again, two-sport athlete. I like the junior film. Uh, I hope C.J. goes out there and does well. T.J. Finley also does a lot of seven-on-seven. Um, big arm, strong arm. There's no real wind to throw to, but if there was, he's one of those guys that can rip right through it. Um, at the future 50 event, Hudson Card, who's a Texas commit, was probably the best quarterback there. So I expect Hudson to, to perform pretty well. Um, who else on this list, Keith? Is Harrison else Bailey? That jumps out for you. Did yeah, you? You know, Harrison's always been okay for me, uh, I'll be honest. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I've never been blown away by him at any event. Right. Uh, just kind of slow feet, um, you know, national name, but uh, not a lot of twitch right. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Jay, Jack my, Miller? A, Jack Miller's got an arm. Mm-hmm. Jack plays a lot of seven-on-seven. Seven. You, know, you know, I think if you play a lot of seven-on-seven, seven, you're going to – you know, you, you should do well, at least in that portion of it. So Jack has got the big arm, and he performs pretty well. Um, so who are you picking to win the deal? You know, I, you can't pick a, a quarterback. That's still, I mean, Bryce is the guy, but you, you're picking, you're basically trying to pick, you know, what teams are going to be the best, and whoever right. has the best team. Right. You have know, you I, seen Bryce Young's team? It's I lo- have not. It's, it's, lo- it's pretty loaded. Is it really? Oh, it's ridiculously loaded. Yes. Okay, I'll go. With, I'll go with Bryce Young then. You, you made my pick for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bryce Young's team is ridiculously loaded. <clears throat> They've got mm, tremendous weapons all over the place, and um, you know it's it, he's probably the favorite to win it all. Bryce Young is probably the favorite to win it all, and I'm, I'm looking at his team right now, and um, here we go right here. Let's see. I can't find it. All right, well, let's go here. So, I'm picking TJ Finley to win it all. Um, I that's have your, that's your MVP. That's my MVP. I think he's going to win it all. For me, TJ Finley is extra special. I don't think people know this, um, and I've been on record saying I think he's the best pocket passer in the country. He's big. He's strong. He can move. He's got a tr- tremendously quick release. He sees the field very well, and he's very accurate. And um, I think this is his coming out party nationally. I know people like him. I love him. I love TJ Finley. And uh, when I chose him as our number one pick for the World Bowl, he was ranked at that time the number 12th or 13th pocket passer in the country. I don't care nothing about that. Um, I see a number one overall pick. I see a bigger, stronger Dwayne Haskins is what I see. So... um, I'm going T.J. Finley as my choice, but probably the overwhelming favorite favorite is going to be Bryce Young because if you look at his receivers, they got Demond Demas, Julian Fleming, Parker Washington, and G. Scott Jr. And his running back is Zach Evans. That's pretty ridiculous. Would you say, Greg? They, I'm surprised they put Fleming and Demas on the same squad. That, that's a little unfair. <laughs> and then G. Scott is is hyper competitive and does great at these events. Um, right. I, I like you going on a, on a limb with Finley. I, I've seen him. I've seen him plenty. I like him too. I don't. I, I don't know if I see all that you see, but mm-hmm. I like that you go out on a limb and uh, and are going to bat for him. So it'll be fun, man. Let's, let's, uh, it should be a fun event. I'm looking forward to it. No doubt about it. I'll see you down there, brother. It'd be a great time always yes, sir. out in Frisco, Texas. Thank you so much for joining us here on Transparent Truth, the world's number one high school football podcast.
Without further ado, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. <laughs>